Hey, Career Girl Nation, this is episode 46 of the Deeper Than Work podcast. And in today's episode, I'm going to be talking through my six step process to achieving huge career wins. As always, you can find the show notes at yourcareergirl.com slash blog slash episode 46. Welcome to Deeper Than Work, a podcast for high achieving and ambitious women ready to make more money, have more impact and thrive at work and life. And now here's your host, Dorianne St. Fleur, HR expert, career coach and breaker of glass ceilings. you need to make a decision in your career, but you have no idea what that decision should be. You don't know which road to choose. You don't know which direction to go in. You need a breakthrough. Go to yourcareergirl.com slash breakthrough and schedule your career breakthrough session right now. If you're tired of being overwhelmed and lost and confused and unsure of how to move forward, Should you go and get a new job? Should you change industries? Should you change companies? Should you go after that promotion? If you're utterly confused and you are not clear on what your next move should be, let's talk about it. I want to help you get the clarity you need to make your next move your best move. Go to yourcareergirl.com slash breakthrough. Hey there, so it is December 2018. We are weeks away from closing out this year. And I know I'm not alone in this. I'm sure you're doing the same thing, but right now I'm really in a state of reflection. I'm really thinking about how did 2018 go? How would I rate this year? What grade would I give it if I were had to give it a grade? I'm reflecting on my wins. I'm reflecting on my losses, setbacks, triumphs. I'm thinking about what went well, what didn't go well, what can I do differently going forward. All of these thoughts are going around in my mind. Now, I have a very big reflection process that I do, spans a couple of weekends where, you know, I really sit down, I'm writing things out, I'm going back and checking, making goals. Like, I really, I really do a lot. (laughs) As I think by now you notice that about me, I kind of team too much. But, As I was thinking about this year and as I was reflecting on everything that happened, obviously along with the setbacks and things that could change, I was also thinking about my wins. Now there have been many wins for me personally, which is awesome, and professionally, which is just as awesome. And the one thing, well the first thing is that I'm really happy that I'm able to sit down and and have a record of my wins. So this is the first year that I've actually been keeping a running tab every time that there's been a win, no matter how big, no matter how small. I literally have a note section on my phone and I go in there for each month. You know, it has January, list of wins, February, et cetera, because I was always coming to the end of the year. And again, as we get into this reflective moment, whether I'm having conversations with friends or just thinking for myself, and I'm like, oh, this year was horrible. Nothing happened that was supposed to happen. It completely sucked. I didn't do anything I was supposed to do. And then sometimes I would have to be reminded, like my husband or a friend would be like, but remember you did this? And I'm like, oh. (laughs) So the year is just so long, right? 365 or 66 days in this year that 
I need a reminder. So I'll just put that out there as a tip for you. If you're trying to remember things for the year, if you're trying to remember things at work when it comes time for performance reviews, whatever it may be, consider keeping a running log. I talk about brag lists with my clients and the people in my community. Keep your brag folder, write everything in there for your job. Similarly, you should be thinking about what did you do well in your personal life. And so for me, this year is especially, I'm, I'm, I'm even more grateful and even more you know, happy and excited about everything that's happened because I see it in black and white, these lists of wins. So these wins don't have to be, you know, out of this world. They're whatever you consider wins, whatever you feel like was a celebration or a a triumph for you. So some examples of some wins for me throughout this year, you know, I met one of my personal heroes for coffee, this woman that I was stalking and read her books and really just obsessed with her and what she stands for. I went out and I, you know, wasn't afraid to shoot my shot and I ended up building a relationship with her, met her for coffee, and we correspond. I was featured in BuzzFeed along with this amazing podcast. So thank you all for for listening and for those of you who voted and nominated, all of that good stuff. Top 27 or 28 podcasts you should be listening to in 2018, featured by BuzzFeed. Black Panther came out this year. I really, as I was looking through all of my, my, my wins, I'm like, Black Panther was this year? Seems like so long ago. But yes, last um this year so that was a big win for everybody uh what else um I really ramped up my speaking gigs I've spoken at you know a lot of institutions and organizations and things like that so that was great this year I had an epic family vacation we all went to Jamaica to celebrate my grandmother's 80th birthday and that was amazing and a really good time um I transitioned to a new role I bounced back from being burned out, and I talked about that whole story with you all. I received just so many amazing new people that came into my life, new friends at work, new friends in business, which was amazing. And on top of all of that, I was really just going through all of the wins for my clients. This has been an amazing year for my clients. And so when I sat down and I thought about all of those wins, I was really happy and it really gave me a good feeling inside. But when I sat down and thought about the wins of my clients, that kind of took me to a whole nother place. If you follow me on Instagram, you know, I post about my client successes all the time. I, you know, have screenshots when they text me, when they email me, etc. So it's all happening. But to actually sit down and actually look at everything and I went back and I took a closer look and I looked at who these the profile of these women what roles they were getting how big of the increases were the processes that we used I realized that there was some serious themes and some serious lessons that could be learned from their stories and from their success So in today's episode, I really want to dive into those wins that my clients had and talk about what are the key lessons that you can take from those wins so that in 2019, you can experience whatever your triumph, whatever your win, whatever your success is in your career. 
you should know by now, but if you don't, I'll say it again. One of my core values and one of the core values of Your Career Girl, of this Deeper Than Work podcast, is this idea of teaching, learning as much as I can and teaching as much as I can. And so that's why I really wanted to take a moment as you plan your year, as you plan what you want to do in 2019, as you plan where you want to see your career go to and how you want it to grow, I want to make sure that you're equipped with some lessons from people who actually were able to accomplish maybe something similar or maybe the exact thing that you want to accomplish in your career. So before I go through all those lessons learned, I first want to recap some of the biggest client wins that I did have. I'm very excited to talk about it. Like, I'm, I'm very excited. <laughs> so I want to recap a few of them. I'm not going to go through all of them because thankfully, there are too many to go through um, in, this, in this space. I don't want to be here all day. But I'm going to highlight some of the top ones for you just at a really high level, just so you can get a sense of what I'm talking about what I'm, when I say my clients be winning. So the first one is a client that I had who literally tripled her salary, tripled three times, 300% increase. She got a raise of $90,000. She was able to leave a toxic work environment, horrible boss, demeaning, berating people, not a healthy place to be. And she's also moving to an amazing city, a city that she never even dreamed that she would be moving to and doing work that blends all of her experiences perfectly. She has a really unique background and she was able to get a role within HR that blends. It's like perfectly suited for her and what she wants to do. Then I have another client who, you know, we've been working together. We started working together a while ago and she recently this year was able to land her dream job that her commute has considerably decreased. So she now has a 20 minute commute. Her job is extremely flexible. She gets to work from home when she needs to and figure out what hours work best for her. She also is getting a raise. She's getting a 50% increase, 50%, five zero. And it's a senior strategic role with a lot of visibility within the company. Then I have another client who was able to go from $85,000 a year to $130,000 a year. So you do the math on that raise. She's on a team where she has much more visibility than she had previously, which is amazing and awesome, especially if you're trying to go up that corporate ladder. And she has big goals ultimately for her career. So she has more visibility. She's managing a team. She's actually doing the job that her boss at her previous job was doing. So she's on her level. She's now peers with her former boss. And The big thing with her is that before getting this role, she was actually contemplating quitting her job because she lives in the tri-state, in the New York tri-state area, and daycare out here is ridiculous. It is insane. And so it would have been cheaper because of the cost of the daycare. It would have been cheaper for her to quit her job and they all live on her husband's income than for her to try to pay this childcare. That's how serious it is. And so by getting this $45,000 raise, she's now able 
to stay working, to pay for childcare, to live a different life with her family. Another win is a, a client that I had, a, re, a recent client actually, who she's a major designer, owner of a, a fashion boutique that I'm sure you all have heard of. And with her, it was around getting clarity. So we really worked together to understand what should the next phase in her career look like. She was deciding between two big decisions, she, you know, two different paths for her. And she had been thinking about this for about a year, just being indecisive and not knowing which road to take and what should be the next step. And she was able to walk out of our engagement, you know, as after we finished our, our coaching engagement, she was able to be crystal clear on what her next step should be. She was able to map out a plan of action for the next 90 days and just really be sure and, and confident in the decision that she's making. And then lastly, there was a client of mine who was in a very, very, very toxic work environment, like mentally, mentally draining, emotionally draining, no support, no, 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 no managerial oversight. It was just horrible. And to the point where she just had to walk away from that situation, not even having another, something else lined up, like it, she could not do it anymore. She took some time off to regroup. And then when we got together, we really focused on building back up that confidence, being clear on what you want, how to go about getting it, what you should be doing. And she was able to land herself another role, more senior than the role that she left. And they, you know, the psychological warfare that was going on in that other role had her thinking that maybe I'm not cut out for this. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I don't know as much as I thought I did. And she was able to overcome all of that and get an even more senior, a more senior role with, of course, you know, my clients be winning with a 32% raise and a 32% guaranteed bonus. So I say all of this to say that it is very possible for you to get to the next phase in your career. It's very possible for you to get wins. It's very, I want to show you, I want to paint the picture. It's not to put these people on a pedestal because they're not lucky. None of those cases that I talked about, they're lucky. They would consider themselves lucky. None of them have extraordinary connections. In fact, out of those five examples that I just talked about, only one of them would I actually consider a master networker, someone who just knows how to make connections and work the room and, and, and do all of that. Only one of them. The rest of them, no, they're not the world's best networkers. They don't have this whole network. They weren't born with silver spoons in their mouths. None of that stuff. But they were able to overcome any obstacle that they faced, whatever it is for them, and it was different things for each of them, but they were able to overcome that and get a success and get a win and get to that next phase that they wanted to. And it looks different for each of them, but they were able to get to where they needed to be in their career. So I want you to know, before I talk through the themes, because there are definitely some key themes, there are six key themes that I pulled from these cases and, and the other cases of women that I worked with. But I want you to know that it's possible for you before I even go through the process. Like if you're listening and you're saying, it was good for them, Dorianne, 
so happy that these women were able to get to those next phases and get those raises and get the flexibility and visibility and all of those things. But that's just not possible for me because of X, Y, Z, insert whatever belief that you have. That can't happen for me. I want you to take a pause. I want you to take a deep breath. Even now, right now, if you're on the train, if you're washing dishes, if you're driving, just take a deep breath. And let's just, just give me, just pretend with me that if this were possible for you, if it were possible for you to actually achieve what it is you want to achieve, then what are the six things you would need to do? What are the six things you should be thinking about? So just give me that, indulge me to think through, hmm, maybe this could be possible for me. And if it is, let me listen in for these six things. It's important that you listen to the, what I'm going to say with that mindset, because what I don't want is for you to hear these things and then at the end of it, walk away with that again was good for them. That was, I'm motivated, you know, inspired, but that's not going to work for me because of whatever it is. So I want you to enter into the rest of this as I go through these six things, the six step process on how you can achieve huge career wins for yourself as well. Just go into it with an open mind. Pretend for just one second that whatever limitation, whatever negativity, whatever things are going on, that they're just not a factor. And that if you were to do these six things, you would get to where it is you need to be. Just pretend with me. All right. So let's talk through the six step process to achieving huge career wins in 2019. The first step is getting to complete and total clarity. You need to know what you want. You need to know why you want it. And you need to know how to go about getting it. Complete and total clarity. It is not enough to say, I'm ready to get a new job because my boss makes me sick. It's not okay to say that. When you're talking about finding opportunities where you're getting a $90,000 raise or your commute is going down from over an hour to just 20 minutes or you're getting complete understanding of what you should be doing in the next phase of your career, that comes from knowing your what, your why, and your how. That is complete and total clarity. You should know your purpose. I talk a lot about purpose and you should know that. You should be uncovering that. If you know what your purpose is, then you should be figuring out how do I align my career with my purpose? And if you don't know what your purpose is, you should be thinking about how do I find out what my purpose is? And I know some people think of purpose as this fluffy, airy fairy thing that doesn't, everyone doesn't have a purpose or, you know, my, whatever my purpose is, there's no way I would get paid for it. Again, let's pretend that none of those negative things, none of those beliefs are impacting you right now. And so think about what it would mean for you. What would it mean for you in your career if you were able to have complete and total clarity and if you were aligned with what it is that you need to do? So think about what can I do to, to understand what my purpose is? Do I need to hire a coach to help walk me through that process? Is there a course I can take? Do I need to meditate and reflect for like 30 days straight so that I can tap into, you know, my inner 
thoughts and, and understand myself? Are there some exercises, some mental exercises that I need to do? What can I do to uncover my purpose so that I can figure out how to get into alignment so that I can know my what, my why, and my how and be completely clear in what it is I wanna do? All of these women that I spoke to, that I spoke about are completely clear on what they wanna do. And even for the one woman who she's not in corporate, she's an entrepreneur, she's uh, you know successful in her own right, this lack of clarity kept her stuck for a whole year. She didn't know like, what is this next major step? What should I be doing? And so before we could do anything else, before we could talk about anything else, we had to go through this process of getting to complete clarity. That's step number one. Once you're clear, once you know, okay, I know what I want now. I know why I want it. I know how to get about, how to go about doing this. And I know how to, I know how it aligns with my purpose. Once you know all of that, then it's time to go to step number two, which is goal setting. And it's not enough. It is not enough to just set goals. It's about strategic goal setting, deliberate, intentional, and strategic goal setting. So when I set goals with my clients, with each of these clients and all the people that I work with and for myself in my own goal setting process, I go through what I call the smart and smarter process. So I'm sure many of you listening now, you've heard of the smart goals. You know, you've heard how to set smart goals and smart is an acronym. The S stands for, for specific Your goals should be specific. They should not be vague. There should be no room for interpretation. You should be very clear on what your goals are. The M is for measurable. You have to know, did I actually accomplish this goal? Did I do what I set out to do? Did I succeed? And so it should be set up in a way that you can measure that. So saying, I want to lose weight is not a measurable goal. But saying, I want to lose 15 pounds is measurable because you... When you come to the time, you'll know, well, I lost 11 or I lost none or I gained 20, right? So it's measurable. It should also be action oriented. So you should be able to do something. So again, with this uh, weight example, if you want to lose weight, there's, there's things you can do to lose weight. It's not something that, okay, this is just a goal and I don't know how to get there. So it should be something that there's action that can be taken. It should be realistic, So back to this same example, um, you wouldn't say I want to lose 100 pounds in two weeks. That's not realistic. But to say I'd like to lose 30 pounds over the next three months is realistic, right? Four months is realistic. It should also be time bound. You should put some time, time boxing around it. So not to say I'm going to lose weight in... I'm going to lose 15 pounds, period, but I'm going to lose 15 pounds by my birthday. So again, smart goals, and that's like the basics of goal setting. If you Google how to set smart goals, you'll see a lot of stuff that come up for there. But when you're trying to set strategic goals, they should be smart. And there's a little point I want to make about realistic, the R. When we talk about realistic, and my clients know this, and so if you're listening, you know I say this, not realistic in the point of you're second guessing yourself and doubting yourself and putting limits on yourself. So that's not what I mean by 
being realistic. So don't say, oh, I want to get promoted, but that's not realistic. I want to get promoted in six months, but that's not realistic because no one ever gets promoted in six months because you could be the exception. I've had a client who literally started a job within six months, got promoted to the next level. That's not the process normally, but she was that good. So I don't mean like that. Don't limit yourself that way. But again, if something is like you want to be a doctor or you're trying to transition into HR from somewhere else, you, there's a process there. You can't necessarily go in there and become the VP of the whole department when you've never done one thing about HR in your career. You can't be a doctor unless you go through the process of going to medical school and, and all of those things. So when I say realistic, it's that. It's what is what is the realistic goal, but still challenge yourself. But thinking about what are all the dependencies to get to that goal. So that's smart. And that's what Google says, and everybody knows that. But to take it up a notch and to really be strategic, I like my smarter. So even smarter on top of that smart goals. And so the S is also an acronym using the same smart acronym. The S is for sexy. I like my goals and the goals that my clients set to be sexy. No boring goals over here. Okay. You, your goal should make, should light you up. It should make you feel good. It should make you feel like a boss, like so special, my goal for 2019 is to, let's say, you know, to get promoted into the team lead role of my team. That goal should light you up. You should feel like, yes, yes. When you get to that goal, it's going to make you feel good. It's going to make you feel like I got to where I needed to go. I, I did this. Don't set boring goals. If they don't, if they're not sexy to you and the key point, the key point here is that sexy to you. My goals may not, may not mean anything to you, but if you're that woman who you want to get that team lead role in 2019 and have a team of three people and manage them, if that makes you feel good, then that's your sexy goal. Don't worry about what other people want or what they're saying or if people are like, oh, that's it. That's all you want. You know, that's not, that's all you're trying to do. Who, uh, who cares? Don't worry about them. You worry about you. You worry about your goals and what you need to do and it should light you up inside. The M is for meaningful, and this goes back to tying it back to purpose. Your goals should be meaningful to you and to your life. They should be aligned. They should be purposeful. Let's not set, in 2019, let's not set goals that don't matter in the grand scheme of things because other people are doing it or because we think we should. If you don't want to get promoted, if you don't want to stay at that company, if you don't want to do whatever it is, people are saying you should do and that should be your next goal, then don't do it. Let your goals be meaningful. If you want to transition from communicate that communications role that you're in into a role in legal, then do that. Transition, change. That, let that goal be meaningful to you. Just because the next step is to go to the senior manager role on the communications team, but you want to do something else, then do that. Don't let people box you in. Make your goals have meaning to you and be purposeful. Your goal should also also be aspirational. Something that's a stretch, something that is a challenge. Let's not set mediocre goals in 2019. The women that I've worked with, getting a $90,000 raise is aspirational. That's not a mediocre goal. That means you're changing the entire trajectory of your pay going forward. 
That's going from an entry-level role into a senior role. That's changing the dynamics of how you present yourself and what you bring to the table. That was an aspirational goal to get to that. And I'm sure there would have been people who said, oh, you're making this right now. Okay, so your next role, probably you'll make $10,000 more. And so you will look for roles, you apply for roles at that level. You don't, if you see something that seems a little too senior, then it's like, oh, nope, that's out of reach. I got to stay in this range. You get nervous and all this stuff. Your goal should be aspirational. You should, you should be inspired by them. They should challenge you. Your goal should also be real. It's like, do you want it or not? Do you really want this goal or not? Do you say you're saying it on the surface because it sounds cute or not? It should be real, real to you. It should be something that you can see and visualize yourself in. You know that, yeah, yeah, this is it. I can see it. When I close my eyes, I see, I see myself sitting in that office, in that corner office. I see myself running the entire digital platform of what I'm trying to do. I see myself in that senior HR position. I see myself as the PR manager at that firm. See yourself doing it. It should be real to you. And then it should be time sensitive. So not just saying, I want to do this by, in 2019, I want to get to this goal, but saying, you know what? By the end of Q1, this needs to happen. I know that the average job search takes longer than that. People search it for nine months, 12 months, but I want to do it within the next three months. And that's aspirational to me, but I can do it. I can make sure it happens. Those are smarter goals. Those are beyond what everyone else is doing. That's how you make big leaps and how you get huge wins in your career by making huge goals and making them not just smart, but smarter. The third step, so you've gone through the process of getting completely clear, you've done your strategic goal setting, your goals are smart and they're smarter. You have your, you, you, you're thinking about what you want to do. Now it's time to, to, to do some work. But before you can do that work, where people usually get stuck is right here, step number three. You need to face your imposter syndrome. Face those negative thoughts within you. Face those limiting beliefs telling you, did you just make that goal? That's a little bit too much for us. We can't do it. Can't do it. Face your imposter syndrome head on. And I know imposter syndrome is something that is thrown around all the time. Everybody has imposter syndrome. Everybody's dealing with it and fighting with it. But I really want you to think about what that means. When you have imposter syndrome, it means that you are unable to internalize any of your accomplishments. You're unable to internalize any good things around a certain topic with you. So if we're talking about your career, you're like, well, I put this goal to run my department, but how can I do that? I, I, I can't do what that entails. I had to manage an intern two years ago and I didn't do that well. I wasn't able to give feedback properly or I received feedback that I wasn't as approachable as I thought. I don't even know some of the answers to the questions that they talk about in these meetings. How can I run the team? Instead of thinking about the times where you did excel, where you did lead, where you did know the answer, where you were able to step up to the plate and do what it is that you needed to do. So when you have imposter syndrome, it really inhibits you. It really 
you know, allows you to not move forward in the way that you want to do. And as you try to accomplish your goals, when I go into step four and what that's about, you can't do step four if you have imposter syndrome. So you need to face that head on. You need to call, you know, that inner critic out. When I work with my clients and we're working on imposter syndrome and we're working on setting goals and, and, and combating the mind, uh, those limiting beliefs and getting into that success mindset, I have them name their inner critic. Mine, her name is Natasha. And she comes out when anytime I'm trying to do, do something amazing, she comes out telling me why I can't and why I wouldn't be good enough for it. And I have to face her and talk to her. I literally was, I talked to her. My daughter has been like, did you say something, mommy? Oh no, boo, I'm talking, (laughs) I'm talking to Natasha. Like you need to face your imposter syndrome head on, face that inner critic, name her or him and talk through why you are going to do what you're going to do and why what she is saying is a lie and why no matter what happened in the past, you're still able to move forward and do even better in your future. It's not enough to just say, I have imposter syndrome and I'm not sure what to do. But it's like, you know what? So it, in 2019, I'm getting rid of it. It's no longer okay. It's no longer something that I want to deal with or cope with. I'm going to face it head on, talk back, shut it down, and move forward. Once you do that, you can move on to step four, which is fierce action. You, it is not enough for you to make your goal. It's not enough to do that. You have to actually do something about it. Those women that I talked about with all those raises and the shorter commutes and the bigger responsibility and more visibility, it wasn't just, hey, Dorianne, so this is what I want to do in my career and that's my goal. All right, great. I'll talk to you later. It's work. It's a lot of work. It's buckling down and, and updating what you need to update. And thinking about, you know, does this resume really convey what I wanted to convey? And how do I build my network so that they can help me in this process? And how do I, even when I'm getting rejected from other things or turned down or I'm hearing no's, how do I still push through? What's my next step? What am I still going to do? Fierce, fierce action. Not just action, but fierce. Y'all know I'm Beyonce Stan. And when she turns into Sasha Fierce, right? Well, I think she's over Sasha Fierce. I think it's Beyonce now. But when she was Sasha Fierce, it took over her. She says it was like a different person that allowed her to get out there and do what she needed to do. That's the kind of energy that needs to be behind the action that you're taking to get your huge wins. So some things that you need to be thinking about when you have your when you're ready to take action. So one, you need to make an action plan, <laughs> right? The reason why a lot of people get stuck and a lot of people don't follow through with their goals and they're not able to propel and move themselves forward is because there is no plan. If your goal next year is to land a new role that's paying you more, that's more impactful, that's at a company that values you and whose culture you're aligned with, you need to make a plan around that. How are you going to get that? And spoiler alert, it's not update my resume and submit it on monster.com. That's not the action plan. Who are you going to surround yourself with? What kind of coaching are you going to get? What sort of training do you need? How do you close the skills gap? How are you going to network? What's your visibility strategy? Like there's a lot that goes into these things and you need to plan for them. 
have them written down, think about the milestones, what, what's, what's going to happen when you need to make an action plan. And the action plan needs to feel good to you. It needs to feel like I'm excited about all of this. Yes, there's work and yes, there's a lot I need to do, but it's bringing me towards this goal that I know is, is for me. I know it's aligned with who I am. And so I feel good about it and it has to be purposeful. Don't just put things on your plan because you think you should. You need to be purposeful about what's what's happening and purposeful about the plan that you're putting together. Everything should make sense and have a purpose and have a place there. And then you need to schedule everything. So you've created this plan, schedule it. If your goal, one part of your goal is to network more and to really go out there and build connections with people, schedule that. I literally have a calendar reminder every single week for me to follow up with people that I met in person on LinkedIn, touch back base with people that I'm trying to build relationships with, um, call people that I need to call, whatever it is. I have a reminder for me to do that. Because if it doesn't get scheduled in my life, it doesn't happen. And I'm sure with you and everything that you have going on in your life, you need to do that as well. Schedule it all. Schedule when you're going to sit down for training to to close whatever skills gap there is. Schedule when you're going to research looking into career coaching or finding a new mentor. Schedule when you're going to go to a certain seminar or conference or workshop. Schedule when you're going to network. Whatever it is you need to do, schedule it. When are you going to update that resume? Schedule it. And then the last thing is you're going to have to cut yourself some slack. Okay, things are going to fall through the cracks. There are going to be setbacks. Things are not going to go as planned all of the time. Stuff happens, get over it. The biggest thing that you can do to sabotage all of your plans is that when the first thing happens, that's not what you wanted. Those, those women that I talked through, thinking through all of them, yeah, all, none of them, none of those women got to the dream role that they have now on the first try. None of those women got it on the first try. It wasn't that, okay, they did all this stuff, they have their plan together, all right, cool, go out there, went through a process, yep, got it. There were rejections along the way. There were close calls. There were things that just fell through. There was even one of one of the women that I mentioned, the one who actually tripled her salary. So we, we've been working together for almost a year. And initially, she, we, she landed another role. So we worked together and she landed another role. And that role ended up being just a horrible situation. It looked good on the surface. It was shiny and bright and like, oh yes, this is it. This is what is going to happen. And when she got there, tables turned, just was not a good situation. And so she had to put her head down and go back to the process again. So this is not like, oh, just unicorns and rainbows and all these things happen. And that's why I wanted to take the time to dive into these wins because I know there are people watching and listening and saying, oh, wow, your clients get success. You've had success in your career. It's not all (laughs) rainbows and butterflies. It's not. There are some times when there are setbacks. There are some low points. 
you you all know the story of my career. There, there's been some low points and I'll link to it in the show notes for those of you who don't know about me being laid off, about me being in a toxic work environment. The show notes will be at yourcareergirl.com slash blog slash episode 46. But it has not always been great. So you're just gonna have to deal with that, roll with the punches, know that it's gonna happen, be prepared for it and push through. The fifth step is radical accountability. So you're completely clear on what you want. You've set strategic, smart, and smarter goals. You're facing your inner critic head on and really dealing with and stomping out this imposter syndrome. You have your fierce action plan ready to go. You need accountability. You need to get someone who is going to get all up in and through your business. Someone who's going to say, hey, I thought that this is what you said you wanted. I have people, I have friends, I have clients. If I I have a client who I told her some of my goals and she literally texted me the other day to say, hey, just making sure you're still on track with that goal. You need to be accountable. You need to have people holding you accountable for the goals that you've set for yourself. Get someone to get all up in your face. Someone who's done That's the key thing. So yes, this radical accountability, but you want to be not careful. That's not the right word, but you want to be strategic. There's that word again about who you're getting the accountability from. So I'm personally of the opinion that you can never have too much accountability. So if you want to tell, you know, a close friend that you trust, a family member that you trust, you want to tell them about your goals. That's amazing. And that's awesome. But you also need to make sure that in your space, in your circle of trust, in this accountability uh, plan that you're going to put together, that you have someone who's done what it is that you're trying to do or who's been where you're trying to be, okay, and can really hold your hand and really hold you accountable and really push you when you need to be pushed and challenge you through this process. That's where the radicalness comes in. It's not just accountability, it's radical accountability. So this may not be your mama, it may not be your best friend, it may not be that. You need someone who actually understands and knows what's going on. If you're currently laid off and you're looking to get another job and it's been six months and you're just like, why isn't this happening for me? and you have people that are in your corner and cheering you on, it may be time to consider to get yourself and get someone to hold you accountable who's also been laid off, who knows the ins and outs, and who can really ask you those questions. Like, did you really look for jobs today, or did you just kind of scroll through and kind of do a high level? Are you doing more than just putting it on job boards, or are you going out there and networking so that you can get some in, get inside and get a connection that way? The best accountability comes from someone who's been where you've been. If you have a personal trainer who knows what it's like to lose weight already, a lot of weight already, then how much more impactful would their advice be to you because they know where you've been? No shade against personal trainers who've been fit all their life, right? I've had personal trainers that's that way. But there's something to be said about someone who knows exactly what I've been through and done exactly what I've done and can really speak to this and to hold me accountable and to push me through. 
And you need this person or this accountability partner to be consistent with you, not someone who's going to fall off the map, someone who's going to be proactive and reach out to you, not just wait for you to reach out to them. So maybe it is a mentor that you find. Maybe you find a mentor at work, someone who you look up to and who's done what you've done. Maybe you hire a coach. Maybe you join a mastermind. Maybe you join an actual accountability group. Whatever you need to do, it's time for some radical accountability. And last but not least, step number six, realistic expectations. I gotta repeat that. Realistic expectations, y'all. You are a top performing and ambitious woman. You know what you want. You're ready to step into your next space. You're setting these goals. You're going through this process. But have realistic expectations. I, that's why I really want to make a big point about saying that some of these women that I talked about, these were not overnight wins, I know that, you know, in the past I've had clients that have received three job offers in three weeks and made a whole career transition in just five months. I know that, right? But remember, like I talked about, you need to honor your pace. Be realistic about what you've you've done for yourself. If you're trying to transition, maybe there's some um, training that you need to do before you can go out there and get those roles. If you're going on interviews and you're not really hearing back, maybe there's something you need to tweak in your process. If you want to get promoted and go to the next level at your company, maybe you need to look at the reputation that you have or get some real feedback and act on that feedback before things will start to move and before you'll start to see those wins. Just be realistic with yourself. That's all I'm saying. There's so many variables, so many things, that play into getting these wins and you want to really be thinking about that as you go through that process. All right, so the six step process to achieving your huge career wins, complete clarity, strategic goal setting, face your imposter syndrome head on, fierce action, radical accountability, and realistic expectations. All right, you gotta own your results with these expectations. Own it. This is you. You get out of it what you put into it, and you need to honor your pace. All right, so those are my six steps. I hope you received a lot from that, and I'd love to hear from it. Go ahead and, you know, leave me a review on iTunes. Email me, DM me, whatever you need to do to get in contact with me. I want to hear about you. I want to hear about your goals. I want to hear about what you're doing and what you plan to do in 2019 so that you can have your own big career win for next year. Hey, Career Girl Nation. Thank you so much for listening to episode 46 of the Deeper Than Work podcast. If you liked what you heard, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And also you can check out the show notes at yourcareergirl.com slash blog slash episode 46.